This is the Fertile Mindset Podcast, where we explore all the emotional aspects of fertility to support you on your path to parenthood. My name is Sarah Holland. I'm the Fertile Mindset Coach and a mother to two children after my own fertility challenges. I hope you find all the support and inspiration you need within this podcast to carry you forward on your fertility journey towards your own successful outcome. It's also my wish that through listening to these episodes, you rediscover how to enjoy life now and live it to the full while you wait for your baby. Now, let's begin today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to the Fertile Mindset Podcast. Before we begin, I want to let you know about the budget-friendly fertility bundle that is on sale right now and until tomorrow, Friday the 27th of January. So if you're lucky enough to be listening to this podcast when it's released, then there is still time to take a look at it and buy it for yourself. I created this bundle to bring together some amazing fertility support from some of the best fertility experts by way of books, fertility assessments and online courses guiding you through lots and lots of wonderful support for your fertility, including fertility yoga, hypnosis, womb massage, mindset techniques, including my own course using EFT called Calm. There's also support to take you through fertility treatment and nutrition-based support, all kinds of amazing things. It's like a pick and mix of fertility goodies for your mind, body and soul. So if you're hearing this on or before the 27th of January, do take this chance to get your bundle. It contains almost £3,000 worth of support and is priced at just £99. You can find it at fertilemindset.com slash bundle and I hope you find lots of really useful nurturing support in there for you. So on with today's podcast with what is the last episode in this current series of conversations with some really lovely guests. I enjoyed recording these for you so much and I gained and learned a lot for myself from each one. Today's is particularly special as Nicola Duffel is someone I have known for the longest time. We first met over 30 years ago when we were in the same class at school and then we were at college together too on the same course and years later we got back in touch through the magic of social media and it was at a time when Nicola was retraining in nutrition and coaching and she was transitioning away from her corporate role and into the work she is truly meant to be doing. Nicola has an affinity with the experience of grief, drawing on her own losses and bringing in all her skills to support this inevitable part of the human experience. And grief is something that is rarely talked about in relation to fertility and infertility. And I believe we need to talk about it, need to acknowledge and bring it out into the open. So that's what Nicola and I did with this episode. And I hope it brings you a deeper understanding of how you may be feeling and some comfort too. Let's begin. Hello, Nicola. Welcome to the Fertile Mindset podcast. It's really lovely to have you here. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited. (laughs) (laughs) I loved our little chat just before and, uh, you know, gosh, we should have recorded that as well. But it's always, always a pleasure to catch up with you and, and hear what's going on because we've got a huge amount of history, haven't we? We do. We do. Started off at secondary school together. Probably like 11 or 12. I don't know what age we first met, but yeah, 
that's too many that's years ago that's scary to, to think about how many years that's been actually I know, I know. <laughs> when we used to sit in French class <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. so yeah and it's it's been amazing to reconnect with you over the last few years and see the work that you're doing and it's interesting how kind of similar our paths have been in the yeah. end really and and the kind of support we offer um but what you do is it's unique and it's much needed and it's something that isn't talked about too much and it's, yeah um but I think we really need to because it's a, a natural and you know inevitable part of life um grief and everything yeah. that surrounds it so shall we start with a little intro to you and yeah. who you are and what your story is and what brought you to this place of, of supporting people through grief yeah thank you Sarah oh gosh I always like hesitate in terms of where to start kind of let's start with the labels I suppose like you know I'm a registered nutritional therapist a maturation coach executive coach writer and speaker those are the labels but I think what gives kind of more context to that, like you say, is what brought me here. So I specialize in helping and supporting people through grief and, you know, difficult life transitions. And I often talk about when life brings you to your knees and many of us go through those moments in life where it does, it just brings us to our knees. And, and I went through that uh, just over 15 years ago, um, I went through a period of um, quite quick su succession, you know, two bereavements. My mother-in-law died. The year, a year later, my mum died. And then uh, my marriage broke down. And so everything that I kind of knew, the two most fundamental relationships in my life with my mother and my husband, everything just kind of fell apart and and it was hard I don't even think hard does it justice the grief you know I was just broken my heart just broke in two I remember I can still remember the physical pain of heartbreak when my mum died and so that's really my own journey of grief and life bringing me to my knees has brought me here today. And I, I want to say up front, I don't believe in the everything happens for a reason. I just I think that's a way of of. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? that's a kind of distracting from what the truth of the matter or trying to make people feel better because that's what we try and do we try and make people feel better particularly through grief and grief at its depths there is no feeling better mm. there is no feeling better there is no fix it it's a process and in my experience I'm 15 years from a specific grief that I went through um, in my experience it stays with you in in different ways um, and so I believe you know grief is not just when we're bereaved we feel grief we just don't talk about it there are endings in every 
every moment of our life, even the day ending, even the summer holidays coming to an end or a holiday coming to an end, they're endings. Um, and grief is really appropriate, not just for endings, but as we were talking about before, for the for the things that we thought we might have. Yeah. For the way we thought life would look like. Mm -hmm. And then it doesn't. I like what you said there, Nicola, about grief being appropriate, you know, and yeah. there is no quick fix and it needs to be and you need to just transition through it. And you know the work that I do with EFT, which is called emotional freedom technique. So essentially to help us be free of the negative or perceived negative emotions, the things that we don't need. And when I talk to my clients, when I first start working with them and I want to explain how EFT works, I always mention that, you know, grief is the one emotional state that we can't just switch off and that no amount of tapping will just end your grief because grief is there for a reason and it's a yeah. process that needs to be honored and needs to to be worked through um but however you know my techniques your techniques your support it it helps people to make that transition I'm thinking you know and to to go through that as smoothly as possible and not to feel stuck at any one point longer than is needed I guess um but yeah, it's it's yeah. it's a, it's an appropriate natural process. It is that we all experience, but doesn't make it any easier to experience. Just you know, even though it's commonplace, it really doesn't make it any easier, and it's not linear. No, I think that's the thing about grief. There's so many kind of um, subtleties to grief. You know, anger is a common part of grief that, that isn't widely spoken about because we kind of think about grief and, and we automatically think about sadness, but we don't think about all the other things that come in into it. Mainly, a big one is anger, but it's anger and it's sadness and it's, it, and it can be, it can even be guilt and shame depending on what type of grief you're going through you know you can feel yeah guilt and shame in your grief if you know you're not feeling a certain way one day you know I'm my mind's going to Sarah thinking about it in terms of the fertility journey and maybe you can bring that to life but for instance for me in my experience you know when I had good days after my mum had died it was like, oh, the guilt and shame that came in because, oh, I shouldn't be feeling like this or, uh, you know, or the fear that I might forget her. And that's specific. That's quite specific to kind of losing someone you love. Mm -hmm. But there'll be something like that mm -hmm. um, around fertility as well. So there's all sorts of. The landscape for grief is vast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really vast yeah. vast and very varied for sure I mean in the, in terms of fertility I see it often in, in kind of two broad areas you know you you could say the kind of more expected grief of of mm. an actual loss of, yes of a pregnancy of a baby mm. um, at any stage of pregnancy or or shortly after birth or whenever that that sadly happens um, but within the fertility 
journey, especially when it involves fertility treatment like IVF, you have the potential loss of, of that hope and expectation of that cycle, yes. you know, that potential. You invested all this time and money and energy and hope into one month and one attempt. And then oh. if there are no eggs collected, if there are no healthy embryos created, or the one embryo that was transferred doesn't take and there is no pregnancy, then there's a absolutely a grief and a loss around those areas. And I think that up to a point is kind of, I'd say accepted by most people, although some people will still say, well, you never met the baby, so how could you grieve them? But oh. I think people who've been, I don't know, generally people who've been pregnant will understand that connection that you have yes. from day one and, and that and that desire and that connection you have to your baby but um also there is that that kind of more expansive and you could say a long-term grief of every day that you're you're not yet pregnant every day that you haven't yet met your baby and when you talked about mm. then just having those moments of happiness when you were still in the grieving process and then feeling guilty I think that can strike as well of you know, it's, well, I've been trying for my baby for three, four, five years, however long. Mm. And, you know, life does need to happen alongside yeah. the trying for a baby, but it can be very hard to do that when it's so all encompassing and it takes over every part of your life. And it's about something that isn't yet there, you know, so it is that feeling of emptiness and of loss and grief. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to know how to live alongside that often. And that's that's the vastness of it, isn't it? There's so many different layers of loss, the grief for the life or how you thought it should be, you know, the fairy tale that we're taught, we talk about and all those different elements of loss. And, and, you know, as you were speaking, you know, particularly about the IVF, it's like how much the body goes through in to even go through a cycle of IVF that takes a lot and then like you say the grief mm. after that it's a lot it is it yeah is. it really is and and people are often um recommended by their clinic even you know to take a month or more's break in between cycles mm. maybe looking at it from a physical perspective to, yeah. to let your body you know get the hormones out the system and, and rebalance before you try again and emotionally um yeah people often do need that break but at the same time they've also perhaps thinking of their age and they're thinking yes I don't want to wait many more months because you know I have this awareness that perhaps my you know egg count is is lessening and I want to have the best possible chance of it working next time so there often isn't a lot of space to grieve you know mm. um, and when people come to me and ask for support I sometimes feel we're supporting them you know in kind of oh, I don't want to say speeding up the grief process but it almost feels that way it's like well I've got to kind of recover from that loss so I can put myself out there and be vulnerable and and try and get pregnant again again try um, again yeah yeah you know what comes to me is as you, you you're speaking is what I often talk about is um permission to feel because no matter what you know the these experiences that we go through like this they're deep 
And we don't often give ourselves permission to feel, permission to feel the grief, permission to feel the anger. You said it earlier, like they're perceived negative emotions. And we don't give ourselves permission to feel, to feel, let alone dare to ask for support or voice it to those we love. Um, and sometimes I think even just that permission to feel is such a gift, you know, in what you do. Because, you know, most of the time we're surrounded by very well-meaning loved ones, but they don't know how to even hold how they feel, let alone to hold how you feel. And sometimes you just need a space where you're allowed to feel where you're allowed to voice everything, all the thoughts that, that we judge as wrong or negative, to voice all those things, you know, I want to give up, I, whatever it is, I feel like a failure, you know, I remember distinctly when my marriage broke down, you know, I felt like such a failure, and yet you you know, at that time, I kept everything in. And I think just permission to say exactly what's there for you, permission to feel what's there for you, that you don't need to keep all these things in. And actually, what I see, and I don't know whether you see this too, but what I see is, once you hold that space, just to witness where somebody is, it moves really does move to like you said to enable them to go into the next round it's like oh something is just I I know I'm no longer putting that lid on it mm -hmm. because we particularly in this society we feel we have to be positive you know just get on with it you know and and no just yeah. no I want to say no to that way of being in the world anymore. Let's, yeah, let's break that down. Yeah, definitely. Because the more we put the lid on it, we try and neatly, you know, put our emotions in a box and push them away and pretend they don't exist and, and get on and plaster that smile on our face. It's like they're, they're just going to get louder and more urgently trying to get your attention. And what I find in the, on the fertility journey as well is that it just takes that little vulnerable moment yeah. Maybe it's, you know, the next time someone announces that they're pregnant and it reminds you that you're not there yet. Yeah. The next time you see a negative pregnancy test result or something and suddenly it's just like that, the lid like bursts open and it, everything just comes out again. It can be quite overwhelming because you feel yeah. like you've handled it. You feel like I've, I've compartmentalized that. I've put it away. Um, but if it is still there and it hasn't had time to be processed and heard, mm. yeah, it's, it's just waiting. And I think... As women, you know, prepare for pregnancy, which you hope that's in their future and mm. they will eventually be pregnant, have their baby. That's also a very vulnerable time, isn't it? When you're feeling so protective of, of that little one that you're carrying and then, then you're taking care of. And I think unresolved grief on a fertility journey can show itself up during pregnancy, after birth or at any point, you know, further down the road. Yeah, I was... Um... 
I was in a group just last night, actually, with um, Francis Weller. Um, Francis Weller is a psychologist in the States, and he wrote the beautiful, beautiful book called The Wild Edge of Sorrow. It's kind of um, my manual of grief, and it's so beautiful that I just kind of it's usually with me um I've shown you it Sarah I know people can't see this but it's, it's literally right by my side as as I'm talking now um and he talks about when we're going through um these moments of our lives he talks about them as initiations um initi- initiations of the soul now that kind of goes quite deep I think we're used to talking about soul um in a different way that it's kind of spiritual and out there but he talks about initiations of the soul which means you know exactly what I spoke about earlier about bringing you to to your knees but he talks about how did he put it like um suspended grief which is like we might have gone some part but we may never have fully um I can't think of another word, but this isn't quite right, but fully processed or fully allowed ourselves to feel. And when he said when he said that last night, it really hit me. I thought, I wonder how many of us are living in this suspend suspension between something that we've experienced in our life and we've just kind of got on with it, that there's still stuff there, mm. you know? absolutely yeah that's just there and that's what it reminded me of you know when you said you know just that the negative pregnancy test or you hear someone's pregnant and then whoosh Mm -hmm. it all comes up again and that's the grief that those are the waves of grief that come and they can just sometimes they're more gentle but sometimes, gosh, they can come and they can wipe you out, completely wipe you out. Yeah. And it can be shocking, can't it, as well? Really if shocking. If you don't see it coming. Whereas yeah. if you've learned that about yourself and you understand what's happening, I'm guessing that's that's a big part of it, is it, to really understand and accept the grief that we have? I think, I think grief is so raw. I think it's so deep that I think sometimes we can understand it, but I think we've been conditioned so much to be positive Mm -hmm. that actually really allowing ourselves to be with the grief in our hearts and our bodies, it's really hard. Mm -hmm. And, And what I would say is it takes just, it takes practice. It takes a different way of being with yourself in the world it takes compassion to just say to yourself it's okay that I feel this way today I'm allowed to feel this way today you know take away all the judgments or what anybody else might think it's okay that I'm here today you know I think some of it goes back, Sarah, to this fairy tale that we think we should be happy all the time. And life just isn't like that. And I think that's where the acceptance comes in that you speak about is like when we accept that life is 
life's a bumpy road doesn't mean it's not beautiful but it's both of those things you know we we talk black and you know black or white right or wrong but actually it's it's beautiful and it can bring us to our knees we can feel grief and we can have a happiness in our hearts at the same time but we're so used to it labeling and it being one thing or another and if we feel grief then there's something wrong with me if I feel anger there's something wrong with me no it's not goes back to what we were saying it's appropriate it's really appropriate you know you layer on what we've been through in the last few years the pandemic the cost of living rises we're in now you know it's appropriate that every single human being on this planet right now is feeling a level of grief really really appropriate but most of us and this isn't with any judgment, this is our coping mechanism, this is how we survive, this is what we all do. You know, we try and bury it. And I think what I was trying to say earlier is like, I wanna bring this out in the open. Let's really talk about how we really feel. Which is why you're here, Nicola, why I invited <laughs> you, and why I'm hoping lots of people are listening because yeah. it's hearing these conversations, isn't it? Giving that mm, permission, because you yeah sit by ourselves or read a book or you know try and kind of create that process ourselves but there's something about hearing others speak yeah and being a part of that conversation being in a community of others who really understand yeah and that's why I love the community that you've created because I think this is another important element community you know there was a time and I'm going to quote Francis again but you know, this is this is one of the things Francis talks about a lot is that when you're going through it through this, you you would have that community and we don't. So we feel the grief for, for the loss of community that we have like nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. But actually, you know, when I hold um, the grief circles that I hold it can be quite difficult to get people there but when they do come oh my gosh and we sit together and it's 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 so it's so amazing I I I sometimes come away and I kind of can't quite believe it because we sit there and we talk about our grief and and you know what it opens up is I think it opens the heart up because a you realize you're not alone that everybody in this world is going through something or has experienced something. And somehow in talking and crying, sometimes screaming and getting that anger out, you know, I remember the last one I I led and we were, we were all like hugging and laughing as we all walked out, something had moved. And we were smiling and life just felt a little bit better somehow. It, it's, yeah, yeah it's You strange. can't underestimate the power of that. And you don't, you say something happened. It's strange. You can't kind yeah. of measure or even identify exactly what it was. But yeah, when you bring people together that have a common understanding and experience yeah. like grief and and they're allowed to, and they give themselves permission, you know, just to share and they feel in a safe space to do that. 
it is something quite magical that happens and it's not tangible we don't always understand why it's that that human need isn't it for connection yeah. and support in that, that yeah. really direct way and that community you know we're so isolated we're so isolated we think that we have to do everything on our own and it's really I think it's really detrimental you know even I mean I I've had to ask for help these last couple of days um just with childcare and, and things like that's you know nothing major but even that kind of um asking for help mm. yeah it gets so I mean it's literally stuck in me and I'm quite good at these things now but I was like well can I really ask for help you yeah. know and we have to we have to one of my teachers said uh, says um only I alone can do this but I cannot do it alone mm, I like that yeah yeah take yeah wonderful and I think you touched on earlier about a sense of failure, didn't you, that, that can be felt. And if we feel yeah. like we're not living up to our own expectations or society's expectations, this feeling of failure comes in like we've done mm. something wrong. And that's definitely something that's felt on a fertility journey. And people yeah. go back to a time in their life that this feels familiar. They failed again because they yeah. haven't achieved motherhood yet. And yeah, when we're, we're feeling that burden, on ourselves that we're not doing this right in whatever yeah. way it's very hard to to sit with people and share isn't it and that's yeah it sounds like your grief circles are very special places and I know I've um I, I forget what it was called now is it moments of stillness or the old yeah the it was one of my sessions. free sessions wasn't really it lovely. yeah and Thank yeah you. for whatever reason your email came through <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I need to be there and yeah, you were the only face that I knew there you know zoom session yeah. and I'd never met anyone else but it was so lovely just to be among people with that common intention and listening yeah. to the lovely support and the meditation you took us through and so on and I see the same in my support circles in my membership the fertile mindset sanctuary is I really well the, the membership as a whole in the group in the, the circles I encourage that sharing of the emotions and that there will be no judgment. There will be no mm. trying to, you know, have all those platitudes of it happens for a reason and all of that. And oh. think on the bright, <laughs> you know, think about what you've got. Oh. You know, we need to, we need to allow the emotions in, a, in order to, to work with them and through them and beyond. Yeah. Um, and it is lovely on the support circles. It's, and people do share really raw emotion you know and yeah no one's met in person we're on zoom together but they feel that connection because these are other women who understand what it means not yeah. to have your baby yet in whatever circumstance whatever story they've got that thread of connection and understanding and nothing needs to be explained you know this is they all understand so it's it's wonderful to see the support that comes forward from one person sharing and how others will then share their experiences too it is really such a beautiful gift when you sit in circle or however it is and that moment when you realize you're not alone mm. you know I do some work for a breast cancer charity and you know sitting with women who have cancer and again it's it's amazing how beautiful it is just to bring people together. And when they're together, something happens. Something really happens. 
Um, and I don't think we should underestimate that at all. Yeah. Thank you for being here today, Nicola, because you have added to the community right now, oh. with, you know, with this lovely conversation. And I hope that those listening, I hope that you had some comfort in listening to these words and knowing that you are absolutely not alone, even if physically sometimes you feel you are alone and you don't have people close to you who understand your own experience of grief that there are many people who do understand and yeah and through what I often think of as the magic of the internet you know we can find yes. those people can't we we can find those those who understand who can be our own circles our own communities or just that one-to-one -one space whatever yeah. we need and it's amazing how sometimes like you say an email can pop in or or, or something and and what I would say is you know sometimes it takes a little bit of courage to make that step to go along I know the courage it takes for the people that come to my grief circles I know that that takes courage but then then something can open up and I think I think if I were to end on one thing it's it is that you're allowed to feel whatever you feel you're allowed to feel give yourself permission to feel it all to get angry to get annoyed yeah feel it all thank you Nicola that's lovely thank you could you please share also how people can keep in touch with you and receive those lovely emails and yes. those nudges oh Where can we find you? you can find me so my website is nicoladuffel.com um and there's the sign up to my newsletter there and the reason I mentioned my newsletter I know that people are inundated with emails but I just love writing my letters to you <laughs> they're the place where I pour out most of my heart and I share videos and things like that so if your inbox can bear it that my newsletters are there and then my other kind of home I suppose is Instagram and I'm Nicola underscore Duffel on Instagram um I'm still finding my way I think my relationship with social media and <laughs> kind of goes up and down and changes but um Instagram is is where I spend most of my time um there and I often do um you know free lives and I often do free sessions as you, as you mentioned um Sarah so if you follow me you'll see kind of all the stuff that I'm doing yeah lovely I thank you I'd recommend both I'm a keen follower of both oh, and I hope, you, I, hope, I hope you don't mind me sharing this but when you mentioned about the newsletter um I really love receiving your newsletters and you're right there they're a letter they're a real letter a written letter yeah. not not an email with a few points you know it's <laughs> it's a heart-to-heart -heart communication and I know that you shared with me, I'm not going to give out any figures or anything because I can't remember them anyway, but I remember you shared with me when we had a little bit of a chat about business and emails and marketing yes. and all that kind of thing. And you said that you have a really high percentage of people that open your emails, yeah. which is very unusual. You know, most emails get deleted before they're opened because we're all so busy and our inbox yeah. is so full, but yours get read and they get read for a reason. And I'm really they pleased do. that that's oh, happening. Oh, bless so, you. Thank yeah, you. Honestly, 
I think if I could literally write a hand letter <laughs> to everybody, because <laughs> I just love writing both like literally with words, but but also yeah. physically with a pen and paper. I think if I could write a hand letter to everybody, I, I probably would do that as well. So thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. Beautiful. Thank you, Nicola. Lovely to chat with you again, as always. And thank, thank you. For you. Bye bye. I'm so pleased you're listening to the Fertile Mindset podcast and now I would love to invite you to join us in the Fertile Mindset Sanctuary. The Sanctuary is my fertility support membership which is focused on taking care of you and helping you enjoy your life while you wait for your baby. In the Sanctuary I'll guide you through using an amazing technique called EFT or tapping and you'll soon be feeling less stressed and more joyful. If you're not already in the sanctuary, do come and join us today because the best time to start receiving support on your fertility journey is always right now. Honestly, it makes such a difference to have good quality emotional support and techniques that you can pick up and use yourself whenever you need them. Go to fertilemindset.com sanctuary to join us today. I look forward to hopefully seeing you there and at the next episode of the Fertile Mindset Podcast.